0: Amen, I, I enjoyed that reading, because when the lights went down, I didn't know that when I highlighted that in my Bible, Roger, it's in glow-in-the-dark ink, and, so, <laughs> and so, I didn't know that, and so I opened my Bible when I stepped up here, and Kelly was reading, and I thought, oh my word, everybody ought to do that. Mark that verse and glow in the dark ink and then turn the lights down and and watch it pop off the page to you. We're talking about the most important thing in all your life. I've chosen the title for our series for the next several weeks as Prime Directive. You know, I think that the first of the year is the prime time to think about what is the purpose of your life. In our Barnabas class uh, right now, we are going through the purpose-driven life, 40 days of purpose. We're reading, the members of the class are reading that book just a few pages each day, and it takes me about 10 to 15 minutes to do that. Uh, Somebody else said it took them a little longer, but that's what it That's what it takes me, and it's full of scripture references, and if you're not in a small group, I'm going to shamelessly uh, try to get you in my group uh, at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. We would love to have you going through the purpose-driven life with us, And, and it's highly appropriate at this time of year. I'm not a big believer in New Year's resolutions. Because they usually have to do with very temporary things, and they usually are very temporary in their duration. I hope you did not buy a membership in in a gym for the new year because you probably will not continue that. If you haven't been exercising, uh, you're probably not going to continue that those those types of things. Usually our commitment is very shallow, and the things that we commit to are very temporary. The problem is our lives are everlasting, and we were built, we were made for a purpose. And It is important that you find the purpose that God has for you in this lifetime, and there's no better time than the beginning of the year. The new year is a very special time for me anyway. Because that's when I came to Christ. You see, I, I was a church member. I had been baptized. I was very religious. And, but I was lost. And it was in the wee hours after midnight on January the 1st, early in the morning of January the 1st, that I finally admitted that I was religious, but I was lost. And I came to Christ. I got on my knees... Repented of my sins and the hypocrisy, the lie that I'd been living, and I called on Jesus to come into my heart and save me, to forgive me of my sins and to save me. And I know this is the introduction to the sermon and not the sermon, but let me tell you if that's where you are, you need to do what I did. You need to come to Christ. You need to get over the pride and admit to God that you need Him and you need to be saved. What better time than the first of the year? I've Again, I've chosen the title of the series for the next several weeks as Prime Directive. What is the most important thing in our lives? You know, the Bible says that the most important thing, the number one commandment, the most important commandment is to love God. But i got news for you. Teenager... Love is more than butterflies in the stomach. It's more than the, the hot flash of excitement, you know, when that special person walks into the room. I, I warn you, that's a very fleeting thing. Instead, Brenda and I have been married for 49 years. And I, I was looking around. I, I, I have to say that when I say that in the first service, I look around And there are a lot of people in that service who've been married longer than I have. Uh, Not many in this service have been married that long. So what is the secret to longevity in marriage? It's understanding that it's not about a feeling because the feeling goes away. It is a commitment to cherish, to treasure someone, and to give up what you would like to do where you would like to be, to sacrifice yourself in service to someone else. Uh, the Bible says, and I'll, get, I'll say this again later, but for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Love is more than a feeling. It is a commitment So when we're commanded, and we're told that the very first, the most important commitment of all is to love God, how do you do that? How do you do that? You believe Him. You believe Him. You believe in Him. You believe upon Him unreservedly. You admit that God exists. You see, when the scribe came up to him, and we already saw in the introduction to the video, heard them disputing with one another, and he says, seeing that he answered them well, he asked him. I need you to understand, what you believe is important. What you believe forms the basis of your life and determines the choices you make. It is crucial That you believe the truth. Now the scribe knew a lot about the Bible, but somehow he had missed. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you search the Scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. They are they which speak of Me, but you will not come to Me that you may have life. You must know that God exists. You must believe in Him unreservedly. The Bible says, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Now, if you struggle with that, how are you ever going to come to faith in God if you struggle with the fact that God is the eternal first cause of everything? Before time was, God was being. He, was, he didn't start in the beginning. He started the beginning. God is the creator of the universe, and He made you, He created man to serve Him and to love Him. You have to believe that He exists. The Bible says, without faith it is impossible to please Him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists. Do you believe in the existence of God? Or do you struggle with that? I worry about our young people who are going to go into a college campus and sit under university professors who absolutely believe that there is no God. Young people, you need to establish a firm relationship with God, a personal relationship with God right now. And do not let that be shaken by someone who is so foolish To say that the world came into existence by itself and of itself. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You must believe that He exists. But I'm not just speaking to young people when I say that, because the verse also says that He rewards those who seek Him. Uh, The old translation was He was a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You must believe that God is who He says He is. You must believe that He will do what He says He will do. By the way, you would never call on Him in prayer would you? if, if you didn't believe that He would do what He says He will do. You must believe that He is, that He is who He says He is. You must believe that He will do what He says He will do. And you must believe that He will do it in your life. That's what faith is all about. You need to believe in Him. Listen, if you have never come to faith in Jesus Christ, the faith that I'm talking about is that you would put your life, your soul, everything that you are, your very being, that you would lay it down, that you would give it to Him, you would put yourself in His hands for all eternity that's what it means to believe in him unreservedly listen you can't say i believe this part of the bible but i don't believe that part of the bible you can't do that it's all god's book he wrote that book to give you an instruction manual on how to live and how to please him and you have to take it all unreservedly do you believe that god is who he says he is Do you believe that He will do what He says He will do? And do you believe that He will do it in your life? You have to make it personal. Listen, understand. The very reason that we are here as a church is to bring people to faith in Jesus Christ. To love God means to believe in Him unreservedly. It also means... To know Him intimately. To know Him intimately. You know, I I used to struggle with that term, talking about knowing God intimately. But since I really got into deep walk with Jesus Christ, I don't struggle with that term anymore. You know, I I talk about Brenda and I have been together all these years. By the way, if, if you wonder how she looks so young and beautiful, we've been married 49 years I married her when she was two years old. But she knows very well how I will react to things. She sometimes knows what I'm thinking before I know what I'm thinking. Uh, that is an intimacy of, of mind, of soul. It's, it's not just physical intimacy that's involved in marriage. It's, it's an intimacy much deeper than that. And God wants that kind of knowledge with you. Listen, God knows you better than you know you. He is your creator. He designed you the way you are, and He knows you inside and out. But He also wants you to know Him inside and out. Jesus answered to that question, what's the most important? The most important is, here, O Israel, The Lord, our God, the Lord is one. That's personal, isn't it? The Lord, our God. So I ask you this morning, is He your God? Is He your Lord? Is He your Savior? You need to know Him personally. He wants a personal relationship with you. Not just a religious outpouring from you. Not just religious practice. He wants to know you personally. You cannot love whom you do not know. And I'm not talking about just knowing about God. I'm talking about knowing God. He said, you're right, teacher. You've truly said that He is one and there is no other beside him that is the beginning of knowledge of God but it's not the end of that knowledge of God too many of us churches are filled with people who are very religious but they do not know God intimately and do not walk with him daily he said and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding with all the strength and to love one as one's neighbor as oneself is much more than, than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. In other words, loving God, knowing God, is more important than religious activity. See, we get involved in religious activity. I'm in church, so I'm pleasing God, and that's the end of it. And then you go back on Monday, and He doesn't enter your thought, your mind at all. That's not loving God. You don't need to be religious. I've already shared my testimony with you. I was good at religion. I had everybody fooled. But I was lost. I did not know God. It's important to have a personal relationship with Him to know Him intimately. Paul was very religious Paul, the apostle, was one of the most religious men of his day. He was a member of the most religious cult sect of the Jews in his day. But Paul came to the conclusion, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. In the longer passage, and because it would have required several slides, and I didn't want to do that to you. The longer passage in that, in that scripture, he actually says all that, he describes all that religion and he said it was garbage and that's a very nice way of saying what he said, it was worse than that, it's just garbage, it's just stuff that stinks. It really doesn't matter. It's stuff you throw out and you don't want to step in. It's all the stuff. Are we really expecting to please God with all of these religious things when we really don't have a relationship with Him and we really don't know Him? Paul said what really matters is the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Do you know Him? Faith Baptist Church exists to bring people into a personal relationship with Christ. And get this, don't miss this. And to help them grow in that intimate relationship with Him. Are you growing? Is your faith becoming greater is your knowledge and understanding of of christ getting better are you walking more closely with him listen if you don't have a relationship with god you must come to christ and you need to do that now you need to do what i did and and give up the pride and admit lord i can't do it without you I need you in my life. Save me. But salvation is just the beginning of that relationship. I hope you're a part of a small group. If all you get from the Lord every Sunday is the 35 minutes that you hear from me. Okay, sometimes it's 30, sometimes it's 40, but whatever. If that's all you get is what you hear from this pulpit, you're not going to grow. That's why we have our our small groups. That is our process for making disciples. It's the small group studies that we have on Sunday morning and sometimes in homes. But that is our process for making disciples. And Faith Baptist Church exists to bring you to Christ. But not just that, but to grow you in your knowledge and in your faith that you can love God and truly love Him. Listen, to love God, you need to believe in Him unreservedly. To love God, you need to know Him intimately. And to love God, you need to love Him passionately. You see, loving passionately involves all that you are. Jesus said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength by the way this is not the first time this has been said this is from Deuteronomy chapter 6 this this is the law and I that just happened to be my reading this morning before I came to church I read the book of Deuteronomy and in the book of Deuteronomy uh it actually re- repeats that command to love God about six or seven times within a three chapters. I mean, we're talking prime directive. This is the most important thing in your life. This is what you were designed for. This is what you were born for, was to love God with all your heart. That heart, when you look at at the words that are used here, that heart would refer to your spirit. Your spirit on the inside of you responds to God's spirit, and you respond to His love with your love. Now, understand, when the the Word of God is being preached in a situation like this, I know, because He's promised it, that He moves by His spirit at the preaching of his word and his spirit speaks to your spirit and that's why you feel pricked in the heart that's why you feel drawn that's why you feel convicted that's why you want to do something about what you're hearing at least i hope you do because if not then the spirit's not here and he's not working i know he is his words being preached and you respond to his love listen we love Him because He first loved us. We love Him in our spirit. We love Him in our soul. The soul refers to our emotions and to our volition. That's a technical word that means our ability to make choices. So we love God in our spirit, but we also love God with our emotions. Now some people say that you should not be emotional in church I would not give you a plug nickel for religion for preaching that does not affect your emotions listen God expects us to respond to him in love with all of our being and if you do not become emotional then there's something wrong Uh, there is something wrong that I'm struggling with we've had um, three professions of faith now in the past three months and i can't get those people to come for baptism they promised they will come somebody was supposed to be here this morning in the first service and and present themselves for baptism and and membership in the church and they didn't show up i'm i'm struggling with that you pray for those that they will follow through but when i I just said that three people got saved in our church in the past three months and nobody jumped and shouted. I mean, if the Razorbacks score, you're going to wave your arms and and woo! Yeah? And you didn't say a word when I said three people got saved. Listen, if somebody got saved in this service, you would see this preacher dance. Now, it's not going to be pretty. Brenda will tell you that. It's not going to be pretty, but I'm going to dance dance and i'm going to shout we we, if you love god you will love him not only in the spirit but with your emotions and with your mind some people think that if you come to faith in god you have to leave your mind behind no you don't have to kick your intellect out of gear it's not that god does not make sense now it is true that faith takes us beyond our our own ability to understand If you think you have to have all the answers to every question in the universe, you're trying to be God, and you're not God. But you don't have to leave your intellect behind and play dumb in order to believe in God. And you love Him, and your mind is involved. You know, girls, if you've got a boyfriend, you think about him all the time. They hate it that I'm looking right at them when I say that. You think about Him all the time. How much do you think about God? You see, if we really love God, we think about God all the time. We're meditating on what He's done for us and in return loving Him and thinking about Him. But it also involves our strength that is that there is a physical reaction Um, you know in our in our church in the first service I get a lot more feedback than I do in this service I'm struggling whether to say that to you or not but we had a if you were in the combined service last week did you notice that a pause broke out in the middle of the sermon did that shock you man I, that's exciting to me because that is a physical it had nothing to do with me that is a physical response giving praise to God by putting your putting your hands together some of you see me when in the songs i, I raise my hand i just so, you know, I, I think in some churches I'm not supposed to do that. When I get in those churches, my, I have to hold my hand down because my hand wants to go up sometimes on its own. There is a physical response to what God has done and we give Him glory and we worship Him with our heart, with our soul, with our mind, and with all of our strength. That means that our love of Him involves all of us. We express that love through our worship, and that worship should involve our heart, our mind, our soul, and our body. Tell you what, if you don't, if you don't like clapping, don't go to Africa. Um, if you don't like drums, don't go to Africa. For those who don't know, we spent a dozen years of our lives, of our life, on the mission field in Africa. But our worship should involve all of us, including a physical response. But when we're talking about worship, listen, you need to be careful of false gods, idols. You shall worship no other god, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. I will admit that passage is probably in the scripture because i just read it and it just blows me away chris that it says his name is jealous how many names does god have i don't know but the bible calls him a jealous god whose name is jealous be careful of cheap substitutes in your life you were made on purpose for a purpose and you need to fulfill god's purpose in your life and that means loving him With all that you are. Faith Baptist Church exists to lead people of all nations, all races, all languages, and all people groups to worship Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. If you're going to love God, you need to believe in Him unreservedly, you need to know Him intimately. And you need to serve Him energetically. I want to go back to that same passage of Scripture. Serve Him energetically. That, that energy, that, there needs to be some energy in our love for God. You see, it, it says, with all your strength, that is a physical outpouring of our love for God. Love true love. Okay. It's a quote. You rec- anybody recognize that? What if I said love <laughs> true <to> love. <laughs> Sorry, I just couldn't resist. But it's true. True love is not hidden. It's demonstrated. If I tell my wife, I I, I was deciding who to pick on. So, Joe, if you tell Sarah that you love her, but you never buy her flowers. Now, he's going to shoot me for that. But I'm just saying, if you never demonstrate that love, it's hard to believe that you do love. We men are expected to show our wives that we love them to demonstrate that love. The same thing is true with God. You can say, you know, there's an old old song that I grew up with, oh how I love Jesus. Oh how I love Jesus. Oh How I love Jesus because he first loved me. But do you really love him if you never show him that you love him? Love must be demonstrated. We show God that we love him the way he showed us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. So how do you demonstrate your love for God? Last year at this time, I was on a different series, but I gave you some things about first fruits at the beginning of the year last year. And I want to challenge you again this year. Demonstrate your love for God, first of all, Give Him the first of your day. That means you get up in the morning, even if you have to get up a little early, and you open your Bible, and you meet with God in His Word, and you talk with Him. You hear from Him by reading His Bible, and He hears from you when you pray. Start your day with Him. Give Him the first of your day, and then walk in His presence all day long. Give Him the first of your week. You need to be in church. This Christian walk is not for lone rangers. If you're out there on your own, you're probably going to fail and you're going to fall. We need, this is God's support group. You understand that? We were built for fellowship. And you need to be in fellowship at the beginning of every week. Listen, you need re-energized week by week. And I, I'm putting myself on the spot here, but i tell you, if you come to these services and you do not feel re-energized spiritually, you need to tell your pastor to get on his knees and pray harder, or you need to get something out of your heart and out of your life that's keeping you from being blessed by the preaching of the Word of God. You need to be re-energized each week at the preaching of the Word of God, give God the first of your week and then spend time with Him all week long. Give Him the first of your income. Somebody says, oh no, He's going to preach about giving again. Well, now wait a minute. For God so loved the world that He... Listen to me, tithe is not a four-letter word. And you need to give God the beginning of your income. That first 10% of your income belongs to God. And you need to show your love for Him. You say, why do you talk about giving? Because the Bible says that where your treasure is is where your heart will be also. And you cannot claim that God has your heart if you're unwilling to share with Him, give back to Him, just that small portion of what He's given you. Everything you have came from Him. He only asks that you give back the tenth, the tithe. But then, that example is the same as the others. You start your day with God in that quiet time, but you spend all day with Him. The same thing is true with your finances. What I'm saying to you is, you need to give the first of your finances to Him as an offering, but you watch carefully how you spend the rest, the other 90%, and make sure that you're glorifying God with how you do that we're talking about a physical demonstration serving God you need to find the gift the talent that God has given you and serve God with everything that you are see giving you a gift to sing you need to be singing for God has it given you a gift? I loved hearing the musicians in the orchestra during the music this morning. For some reason, I heard them a little louder than I normally do, and I loved it. If you got a gift, use it for the glory of God with all your strength. Do something. God's given you an occupation. Whatever that occupation is, if it's a policeman... Then you serve in uniform to the glory of God. If you're an electrician, you fix wires and install appliances to the glory of God. If you're a plumber, you fix leaks and unclog pipes to the glory of God. See, it doesn't mean, serving God doesn't mean you have to be standing here in a pulpit. He's given you your own place of service. And you love God By serving Him with all your strength, you serve Him energetically. Faith Baptist Church exists to train followers to how to energetically serve Him with a heart of love. What are you doing in the service of God? Are you living for Him? Are you serving Him? Can you really say that you love Him if you're not serving Him? That's why we're here. This church gives you an opportunity, gives you a place where you can step into service and be a blessing to others and together that we can bring people to Christ and teach them how to walk with Jesus every day. That's why we're here. We are here for you. I don't know how God might use this message in your life. I suspect that there are some in the service today who need to come to Christ for salvation. If that's you, you need to do that now. If you've never been saved, come now. Maybe you've been saved and you need to come for baptism. Do that now. Come now. If you need to be a member of this church, come now. Make that decision Listen, love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment. Meet me after the service if you need to do any of those things. I'll be out front and I would love to meet with you, to counsel with you. If you've been away from God, come home now.